0: I'm Ali of Hocus Pocus Collector
1: and I'm Will of Spooky Will
0: and we are the Black Flame Society.
1: We're here to share Halloween, Hocus Pocus and other spooky news and updates with you
0: while having fun, meeting friends and making every day feel like it's Halloween.
1: Come on in and join the society.
0: In this week's episode of the Black Flame Society, we are discussing the teen novel that came out along with the film in 1993 by Todd Strasser. We're going to discuss the differences between Will's original script that we have along with the final film and discuss some fun parts of it. So tune in and hang along. If you have a copy, grab it now. Hey, Will, how are you today?
1: I'm very well, thank you. How are you?
0: I am good you know I'm really excited for this episode I've I've had the teen novel for a while and I feel like I read it when I got it but then kind of just pushed it to the wayside put it in my display case and so I'm really excited to revisit it with all of you today
1: yeah it was actually really interesting reading this again for this episode as well because it kind of reignited a lot of what we've previously discussed so there's going to be some really great links to previous episodes today as well
0: yes there are definitely some links as i was reading it there are links definitely to the original script that you have that didn't make it to the movie there are links to the movie and then there are some parts that are kind of just on their own so we hope maybe to speak to todd strasser one day and kind of see where he developed those extra ideas from
1: yeah it'd be very interesting to see what maybe he had a different script or whether there are original ideas or we're gonna have to reach out and see yes
0: definitely so we will share some photos of the novel just the cover it's a photo of the sanderson sisters on top it just says hocus pocus and um, as we said it came out in 93 right along with the release um it's a short little novel it's 103 pages and it does include some photos inside there are about eight pages of photos um, still shots of the movie which are really really cool so love having those
1: yeah, I actually rereading this. I actually checked the images to see if there's any deleted scenes as well in the in the photographs that are in the middle of this book, but they're not. They're all like re- uh, officially released images.
0: All released. <laughs> so it starts. We'll just dive in. The novel starts, and they go very shortly to that Candy Crow storyline that we touch on so frequently. Emily eats a candy crow the day before she's taken and, um, was acting strange according to Thackeray. But our favorite part of this, well, our favorite part (laughs) of the beginning, let me tell you, there is no Elisha in the teen novel. (laughs) Elisha doesn't exist in this world, so for those reasons and those reasons only, the novel's my favorite. I'm just kidding. We hate on poor little Elisha so
1: much. (laughs) (laughs) me and Ellie were comparing notes for this episode we both laughed because both of us just put no Elijah.
0: (laughs) Wills is underlined for emphasis mine was just no Elijah present. (laughs) So imagine that opening scene with no Elijah it's it's something else I'm into it.
1: (laughs) I quite like this opening scene as well because it it states that Emily actually ate the candy crow the day before whereas in the original script she um, woke up to her for eating the candy crow whereas yes. obviously they cut that anyway from the film but it's i find it interesting mm-hmm. that it took a whole day for for the magic to fully take you hold to like
0: kick in yeah yeah and um in if you definitely if you haven't listened to our episode about um the deleted scenes and such um definitely go give that a listen first uh, we're going to link back to that pretty frequently so um in that episode we discuss how thackeray is dripping wet when he goes into the sanderson house um and he had spun on the water wheel that's also included in here so i just really hope as i said last time i hope that's out there somewhere and we see sean murray spinning around on that water wheel getting soaking wet <laughs> <laughs> so the spell ends um when they turn so everything's the same we're in the house thackeray has just been turned into a cat but right at the right at the end of the spell they add just like this he is a cat i'm kind of glad they cut that i feel like that doesn't flow as well as ending with just like this so i'm i'm about that
1: i'm glad they got rid of that as well because i kind of like in the film especially anyway um where they cast the spell and you hear him turning into a cat they don't need to say oh he is a cat and I'm actually happy they did that as well
0: yeah I mean it does kind of make sense for the book if you think about it as you just explained we're not visually seeing it so it is nice to get that double confirmation that he is indeed a cat now (laughs) but one of my favorite interactions will tell me about uh, mrs olin so miss olin is the teacher that you see after the flashback at the beginning is over when max and allison are in the classroom she's that lovely teacher who scares the kid with a fake snake so uh, she has a fun little line in the novel
1: i really like this so in the film that we've seen um when max uh turns around to allison and says if Jimi hendrix uh, uh turns turns up tonight calls tonight i can't remember the line but um basically, just as Max is about to leave the classroom Mrs. Olin turns to Max and says, if you see Mr. Hendricks please tell him I said hello and I love that line, I kind of wish they'd (laughs) kept that in the film as well because she has such a small scene, that little line I think would have been so nice to see
0: it would have been she's a sweetheart and i think that would have been really funny just to kind of show her her playful side of it so but (laughs) um so after they leave school um allison is seen wearing a black not a red cape and i mean that red cape is just so iconic um i have some original film cells where vanessa shaw is wearing like almost a purple puffer jacket and i don't know if that was her personal jacket i don't know if they went with that jacket for a while but the red cape iconic so i'm really glad they went with that instead of the black cape
1: yeah i mean that red cape is all well that she wears looks really comfortable every time i see it on the screen i'm like that You're just done. looks really cozy
0: and then we're introduced to our favorite bullies jay and ice who were seen outside the principal's office um getting suspended um and so jay and ice aren't actually in the cemetery in the novel they're on a sidewalk that max is about to ride past and um <laughs> Ice in a movie, as you're probably familiar with. Ice says, what am I supposed to do with my afternoon? And Max says, maybe you could learn to breathe through your nose. And that's like the big diss. But Will, what does uh, Max tell him to do in the novel?
1: So in the novel, Max says, you could learn to walk without scraping your knuckles. Which I think is such a great kind of insult to throw back at him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Either way, our favourite Ice is getting insulted here, so it's funny. Um I think I cut I don't know, I like the breathe through the nose and I don't know if that was something that Larry Bagby brought in when he played Ice because he he sounded like stuffy, so I'm not sure why they changed it, but I think that's a fun imagine it both ways now.
1: The only part I don't really like about the scene though in terms of the uh film to book is because they're on the sidewalk. I feel like Max could have just carried on riding past them whereas in the cemetery it was more tricky for him to get past i feel like in this he could have literally just rode off and not worried about them and still had his trainers or his sneakers afterwards
0: i do feel like the imagery of the cemetery is a lot better in the film too if they were on the sidewalk it would have been less climactic (laughs) and would not have had such a good vibe so i really enjoy i'm glad that they put them there
1: and it kind of adds to their like bad boy persona as well because they hang around the graveyard they're not just like on the side oh, of the wall, yeah. walking down the road, they're they're in the graveyard hanging around, which is like a scary place.
0: Hanging in the graveyard, looking for cigarettes to smoke <laughs> in the '93 Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> danny doesn't scream mom at the end when she's fighting with max so first off max is eating cookies during the scene so there's no drum set in max's room and he's eating cookies as he's going back and forth with danny about going trick-or-treating and i don't know max doesn't look like a cookie guy to me i feel like it's wrong Mm. i just don't see max picking up a box of oreos and going at him i don't know Omri, what do you think (laughs) give us a call (laughs) what's your favorite cookie Omri?
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I do feel like it takes away from the whole scene with Alison and stuff, where he's pretending to be Alison and he's oh. just like eating cookies and stuff, and it's like, oh, well, I don't think it's <laughs> <guess> as, as <laughs> exciting
0: and so um this is where so danny doesn't scream mom she just storms out of the room and this is where if you have the 25th anniversary blu-ray edition that little deleted scene they throw in of um, dad killa threatening to take away max's driver's permit if he indeed does not take danny trick-or-treating so love that scene again it seems like the worst punishment possible for a 15 16 year old boy
1: (laughs) I remember as a kid with that scene with Danny where she screams mom as a kid I hated Danny the moment she screamed I was just like (laughs) just shut up like I hated her but as I've grown up now I love Danny
0: yeah also they mentioned Danny has black hair not her hair that she has in the movie so I found that I can't imagine her with dark hair I think the casting of Flora was great for this
1: oh yeah definitely and I, I think they mentioned as well she had chicken Chicken legs or chicken bones as earrings as her costume, but yes. I'll need to watch the film. But I'm, I'm sure she doesn't have like bones for earrings in the film. I don't think I she don't has think earrings in. <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it's bones
0: <laughs> so then they start trick-or-treating as they do in the film but as with the deleted scene they first go to the devil's house which it is confirmed in the novel that that is indeed master's house which we see later when the sanderson sisters visit and um this is one of my favorite parts will so um they run into allison at the house they're trick-or-treating and allison tells them that her mom used to run the place but in the movie that she says a lot of spooky things happened there in the novel we get a little darker and deeper so well why did they shut down the sanderson museum tell me
1: so according uh, to the novel allison actually says my mom used to run this place but tourists kept tourists kept having heart attacks and accidents finally the town closed it which going back to <laughs> our deleted scene episode where we we discussed the town hall the town hall the spell there's that one line where it says the heart attacks will start soon which i actually think is a really yes. good nod to tying those two together and the effect of the sanderson sisters magic is the fact that even when they're not there there's still this kind of spell where people are having heart attacks there's still this magic being cast within the house itself that's still causing heart attacks
0: when i read that i was like i wonder how long it took for them to decide to shut it down like did they have to reach like triple digits heart attacks they're like <laughs> what? at what point were they like we should probably shut this museum down where, where people are just dying inside it's fine everything's good everything's kosher it's good i'm just picturing
1: like a like a, a little chart now like a monthly quota of heart attacks are allowed to have but if it goes over <laughs>
0: We reached our quota this month. So we gotta shut down. <laughs> <laughs> we have to shut down to the first of next month. It's fine. <laughs> Oh my goodness! So they're at the house and um, they have just met Banks. So I I love Banks, and this scene made me mad. I actually like when I was making notes, I put "WTF" after this. Max <coughs> decides to throw a stone at Banks, and it's he didn't intend to hit Banks, but he's like trying to scare him off. But Banks runs off yelping in pain, and so <laughs> Max tries to make himself not look like a jerk in front of Allison, trying to impress the girl. Um, but like Banks references it later on, and I'm sure we'll touch it but like why are you throwing a rock at binks what did he do to you max you're trying to look so cool in front of alice and then you hit a cat what's wrong with you
1: <laughs> i know max kind of comes off especially in the start of this book he, he kind of comes off as a bit of a jerk in the start of this book and i when i was reading it, i was like i don't think i like max much but he obviously improves
0: yeah i don't like the vibe that he started with
1: i also found as well the with the museum being closed, when they move from this point onwards and they go to go into the museum, Alison takes the key from above the door, and I feel like after all that time, would the key just be sitting (laughs) above the door? Like, surely someone would have found that, the wind would have knocked it off, a squirrel might have knocked it off, just the key's just sitting there for anybody (laughs) to technically take, but she does, she gets the key from outside the museum and they let themselves in.
0: Especially, I mean, if they're trying to close the museum so people don't die within, you'd think that they would have hid that key a little better, but So, Alison also mentions that Winifred's book is bound in the skin of a child. Um, Again, that darkness layer that we don't have in the movie, thankfully. (laughs) I I hope it's not. I don't need to know that. But, I mean, the story does line up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that definitely adds a more... a darker tone to the whole storyline as it is. Um, So I'm kind of glad they changed that as well, because I feel like that's a bit too much to say the book's made from kids as well. That's a bit... Uh, yeah I'm not too keen on that
0: one so in the next scene they have um, so imagine the Sanderson sister cottage they at the museum which is not in the movie they have set up like mannequin dummies of the Sanderson sisters around the cauldron it's just that I think they were trying to give the vibe that they were still there kind of just recreate it in its own sort of creepy way Um, Will did you want to act this out with me (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) go ahead you can start so we have mary stepping towards the the dummies of the sanderson sisters and she says
1: (laughs) so mary says oh look she giggled are these not clever sisters they appear so lifelike
0: winifred says that doth not look anything like me turning up her nose
1: well of course not sister mary said with what seemed to max to be fake sweetness they've missed that special glow of their skin and the way whack winifred smacked mary across the back of the head
0: and then Winifred says they made her much too old (laughs) and um it seemed to Max it says right after that that the Winifred dummy looked about the same age so um she was just you know she's trying to suck the lives of the children she's trying to look young and she's not impressed with how they represented her in this dummy I would have loved to hear what Sarah had to say I don't believe she has any comments here so I would have loved to hear say she'd be like ah I'm so beautiful or what she would have said about herself
1: (laughs) oh yeah that would have been nice because that that's there's not really much mentioned about Sarah in this part of the book it's just the fact that she finds the reptile as well under the floorboard and not above her on a beam above the door
0: yeah and then uh to get the spell book out when he smashes it <laughs> just with her hand i guess i just use hard punches the book gates and it's like book <laughs> come to me so uh that's violent i wonder <laughs> As Will and I were talking before we filmed this episode, we discussed about how the sequel seems not inherently violent, but there's a lot more smacking, punching, uh, Winifred's kind of just constantly beating on her sisters throughout it, which some of that obviously makes it to the film, but definitely a lesser amount.
1: <laughs> yeah, the book, if you add this, the novel and the original script together, Winifred definitely is a lot more violent than what we see on screen.
0: Definitely. Um, and so then I love the next part. So they escape the home, and um, Allison whispers to Banks, "Are you Thackeray, Banks?" And uh, what does he say back? Well,
1: <laughs> so uh, Binks says back to Allison, "No, I'm Garfield. Uh, Garfield's long lost cousin." The cat hissed. Now be quiet.
0: so binks is a little spicy here he's like lady of course of course i'm thackeray binks what other black cat would be guarding this house on halloween come on (laughs) and uh max pinches himself he can't believe what has just happened and how he lit the black flame candle and how it's back and how they're back And so (laughs) I like this next part, too. Um, The kids head to the graveyard and Banks explains that they need to stay there until sunrise, the hollowed ground, all of that. And um, he says uh, what happens in the morning. He describes it as the witches basically get nuked. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, I can't imagine Thackeray Binks and Jason Marsden's beautiful little accent uh, saying that in the film. So I'm glad that they changed that for us.
1: <laughs> yeah, me. mean, doesn't. It, it, it doesn't. From the Binks we know, it doesn't seem like Binks a thing to say as well.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then Alice and Max and Danny kind of go back and forth for a little bit. It kind of becomes a little bit of a blame game where um, Max is like. Uh, oh man, the Sanderson sisters are going to have a feast tonight because it's Halloween and all the children are out. And Danny's like, this is your fault. Max says, my fault. Who made me go trick-or-treating? And Allison jumps in, who lit the candle? Max jumps in, who took us to the house? And Binks, our peacekeeper, hey, can we fight about this later? Like we, the witches are back. Let's, let's get them. And then we'll determine whose fault it was later on.
1: (laughs) I like the next bit as well, where just like in the film, Binks mentions about Billy sporting with Sarah, um, but in the novel, Danny actually asks what <laughs> sporting means. Um, and I really like this, because it just goes to show how kind of mature Danny actually is. So Alice and Max look at each other as if to say, how do we explain this to them? And Max says, it's like when you have a girlfriend, but you mess around with somebody else. And then Danny's like, oh, you mean Billy cheated on Winifred? Why didn't you just say so? And although it's not in the film, I actually <laughs> really like this, because like I said, it shows Danny's not as childlike as we see her, like as max obviously assumes she is
0: i feel like she always had that like maturity to her and i feel like that line kind of just sums it up where she's like yeah i understand this why are you dumbing it down for me i'm eight it's fine like oh so then we go back to the segment about the rock so when we're going back a little bit when mac uh, when max tries to burn the book uh let's just torch the sucker stand back this baby's gonna burn he says and a flame bursts out of the lighter and the book ex- exhales, and a big ball of fire explodes and singes max's eyebrows i would have loved to see that <laughs> actually take place but binks then says it's protected by magic and max says why didn't you warn me and Banks goes why did you throw that rock at me before and slowly licks his paw and he's again kind of like Binks I'm a, I'm a savage like that's why I didn't tell you I wanted to see that fireball take your face off a little bit
1: <laughs> I love the attitude from Binks in this it's brilliant.
0: Sarah then actually just quotes um, Max when they fly in instead of just jumping into where Winifred says it's just a bunch of hocus pocus. Uh, Sarah's like why didn't you warn me? Why didn't you warn me? <laughs> so they kind of make fun of Max there too which is awesome <laughs>
1: I love this next scene as well because it's it's the part in the film where we see Sarah and she says I'll be thy friend and Alison's like take a hike but in this one he actually elaborates a little bit further on Alison and it goes back to the theory that Alison is um, a witch or her family descends from witches as well so Winifred says she's jealous and isn't she pretty almost as pretty as her ancestor little Elizabeth Podbury the good witch and Mary responds with good to the very last bite
0: Of course, again, Mary out there just eating babies, eating kids. (laughs) She's just really, she's going all in for it. (laughs) Then Billy is brought back to life. She casts a spell. And this I found so strange. So Winifred pulls the black flame candle from under her robe and blows on it. And the flame bursts onto the wick. And that kind of like causes Billy to wake up. And so when I read that, I was like, number one. She's carrying around the black flame candle with her. Is it lit the whole time? Like, what's going on? And then number two is the black, the black flame candle is not needed to bring Billy back to life. But then I started thinking maybe somehow he was caught, like, in that spell that she gave right before they were hanged. So, like, I thought
1: it it was very strange. Will, do you have an explanation for me? Like, am I missing something? I don't actually like this bit of the book because... It, like you just said it doesn't really make sense and it's like if she's lit the candle just there then the whole point of the storyline is that the can- they have until the candle runs out but surely that would imply the candle burnt out already because she had to relight it okay. and then this really? is the only okay. part in the novel as well where she has the candle for a purpose other than it being a lit candle that keeps them alive until sunrise so it, it just doesn't really make sense this part of the
0: novel. I just can't imagine her being like, alright, grab book, grab a candle, grab everything, grab everything we own and fly <laughs> around with it. So I'm, I'm definitely glad it just kind of didn't make sense to me. Um, but what I do find interesting here is, so when they go down uh, the manhole cover, um, they... <laughs> in the movie bink says he's hunted mice down here for years in the novel he hunted moles down there for years so just another small change but they also then refer to billy as the mildew man <laughs>
1: <I was> like, <laughs> oh, Billy. he's
0: having a tough day he's having a tough time <laughs> leave
1: him alone i do quite like that they're referring to him as the mildew man because i'm sure they i think in the script they actually call him that as well I'll have to double check. I'm sure they do.
0: Um, well, the next scene, tell me a little about... Um, so, Sarah and Mary are worried that they've lost their powers. Uh, Mary mentions, like, she can't smell the children. She can she can smell them, but she can't see them. And so uh, they kind of go back and forth. And Winifred kind of acts like a cheerleader here. She's just cheering them on.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about this scene as well. So, they, <laughs> Sarah and Mary are panicking because they think they've lost their powers. Um and this is also the they've just got off the bus as well so they've climbed off the bus um she kisses the driver on the cheek she's got off the bus they can smell children they can't see children they're worrying about not having any magic so winifred says do you want to act this one out
0: i would love to you can be winning again yeah. uh, <laughs> sarah Winnie, and mary speak Winnie. at the same time so i'll, I'll do both oh, so imagine okay. will is Will is Winnie, <laughs> I, Mary and Sarah together just chanting, imagine us uh, imagine the Sanderson sisters like cheerleader outfits, get the picture, here we go
1: <laughs> So Winifred says Enough of this whimpering We are witches, we are evil What would Mother say if she saw us like this? Mother Winnie slaps them both and she says What are we? Witches Asking like a cheerleader And what do we want? Children When do we want them? Now And then Winifred screams, well, say, snake formation, and they get into the snake formation that we also see in the film.
0: And then they do this creepy chant mantra sort of thing, where they, while in the snake formation, they say, Satan loves us, this we know, because our mother told us so. And when in trouble, be smart, ladies. Do not waste time. Go straight to Hades dark again (laughs) i can't imagine that making the final cut of the movie but it's fun i i can totally see them in their little formation walking down the road hag tracking it and just saying something like that i can totally imagine it
1: yeah it is a little bit odd but i do quite like it so after this part um when they actually get off the bus unlike in the film the kids are actually close by so they're watching the sanders and sisters while they're doing this weird cheerleading cheerleading uh, moment they hear them say these lines, um, and the Sanderson sisters approach the house, which is confirmed from the script, as Ali mentioned earlier, that this is the master's house, the devil's house. So as they go up to the house, um, they go inside, they scream master like they do in the film, and the kids um, want to try and stop the witches, so they decide to grab the witch's brooms whereas in the film we see that the free girls who run up to the brooms they shout neat brooms they take the brooms and they, they basically steal the brooms whereas in the novel Max and Alison decide to take the brooms and they see the free girls that we see in the film but the girls have got cardboard brooms and they ask the girls if they want to trade the brooms and which obviously they do because the brooms are better and that in the novel is how the Sanderson sisters' brooms are actually taken and I actually really like this I feel like it elaborates a lot more on the film as well
0: I do. I like that piece where it's kind of the first time that it seems like they try to take the power back and they try to change the situation. And I do love in the film how the little girls go off. And to be honest, I always thought that was going to lead to the sequel. And I mean, it could, it might, you never know. But I always kind of wondered like, why did they plant that? What is that about? And so, but I do like this scene, especially can you imagine them coming out to cardboard brooms and just seeing their frustration? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I I think as well in the twenty fifth anniversary, when they steal the brooms, doesn't it? a little a little message pop up on screen. It's a sequel foreshadowing. It says something like that when they yes, take the brooms. Yes, the,
0: yes, in the Freeform edition it says like something very similar to that. So even ABC, which ABC Family Freeform owned by Disney is playing along with us there. So they acknowledge what they've done. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and so in the original script like we talked about um there is this scene with the cop so they're they're not the cop they're like officer officer help us and we obviously know it's a fake cop at this time they don't until the cop starts his police magic and i also find it funny that they changed this one scene where the cop says to max are you really a virgin and max in the movie says yeah i'll get it tattooed on my forehead in the book he says yeah i'll get it tattooed on my back <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the forehead flows so much better just to show everyone like, alert, alert, he's a virgin, he lit the candle
1: guys! Because <laughs> we did mention this, didn't we, in the script as well about the police casting magic to protect, to protect the kids, but I couldn't remember the words, so yes. the words actually are the same in the script, so the police uh, the policeman says, Hama Duma Dama Duma Dinga Dama Duma and apparently that's police magic to protect them from witches for 24 hours.
0: 24 hours so if you if you need that use it let us know follow back up with us let us know if it does indeed protect <laughs> you from the sanderson sisters for 24 hours <laughs> And again, in our deleted scenes episode, we talk about um, the grandma scene. So just go listen to it there. I don't want to talk about it again. It was sad. The grandma's sick. They talk about it with Danny. I don't like it. I'm glad they cut it. But it did make the novel and it did make the original script.
1: I think the only difference between the script and the novel is in the, if I remember rightly, in the script, they go to the pumpkin patch, which is where the the grandma scene takes place. Whereas in the novel, they actually run to an empty yard and there is no pumpkin patch
0: so Will I know you love the candy crows so we again touch on that here same way with the original script with Cindy and Donna and they eat the crows but mm-hmm. as we talked about in the deleted scenes episode there's that interaction that Winnie has with the child when they're feeding the candy crows to the kids trying to steal more lives and as Will and I lovely, it was beautiful it was beautiful when we acted that out where the kid says <laughs> you're ugly and Winifred says well you should have been drowned at birth that does not make the book <laughs> it does they do have a small interaction where he does say you're ugly and um she he says eat this and shoves the candy cane to his mouth. So they do skip that lovely line about drowning at birth. Um I think good call Disney. Ten out of ten there.
1: Yeah, definitely. Although there is line well, i think we both laughed at it. It's not really a funny line, but I do kinda of like that we did see a different side to Winnie you know, and a much darker side throughout the script and, and not so much in the novel.
0: Yes. So they're headed to Town Hall, Will, imagine, so tell me how Town Hall is described, I'm just seeing it in my head, picture it with me everyone, so we enter Town Hall, beautiful old Town Hall in Salem, my eyes are closed, I'm imagining it's beautiful, and tell me how it's described, tell me what's going on. So
1: according to the novel, the Town Hall is decorated with cardboard skeletons, ghosts made from pillowcases and sheets on the walls, the tables have pumpkin pies, bowls of candy and jugs of cider. There's no Skeleton Singer either, even though we absolutely love the Skeleton Singer. In the novel, mm-hmm. it's actually an Elvis impersonator on the stage, which I don't actually like. <laughs> I like the Skeleton Singer, so <laughs> I think I prefer that. But I do like the description, so if anybody wanted to do a um, novel Hocus Pocus themed party this year for Halloween, there's your there's your guide to your Halloween party decorating. Um. So
0: when they find the parents in the town hall, they're just like... It- mom donna is kind of like how much candy did you eat and that happens here but the dad dad goes to max after he explains what's going on um you haven't been listening to ozzy osborne again have you max as though like ozzy osborne has <laughs> infiltrated his head enough that he's come up with this story on halloween
1: <laughs> it makes me curious as to what what is it that ozzy osborne sings that would Create uh, cause someone to think of free witches. You want to eat children. Like I'm sure Ozzy Osbourne's probably not thinking about Sanderson sisters and and witches and a cat that talks.
0: But what a good mashup that would be. I'm in. (laughs) Um, What I find interesting, though, is that Winifred and Mondana have an interaction in the novel that is not in the movie, which I would have loved to see Stephanie Farisey and Bette Midler play against each other here. It would have been very fun. So uh, Danny spots them and they start to hide. And Winnie bumps into the mom and the mom says, I beg your pardon. Winnie goes, Cow. (laughs) and mom goes which and they just have that very short interaction but that would have been so fun to see on film just because especially like you can tell the parents don't believe max and allison and danny that this is actually happening so maybe if they had had that interaction that's in the novel and didn't make the film maybe mom donna would have been like huh maybe they are telling the truth look at this lady look at her this is a crazy costume
1: I wonder if this was filmed as well because it's quite a specific scene so it makes me wonder if maybe it was filmed and they cut it I agree, I agree
0: uh so max is our like little delinquent friend here in this film so they enter the school and max again has not only thrown a rock at binks but now he takes a rock and throws it through the window allison kind of jokes with him like hey like this needs to be done like if you don't if you want to it was binks i think if you want to survive until tomorrow don't worry about breaking into the school and then max just tosses a rock right through jacob bailey window so they're in you know but Will tell us about uh, the tennis balls I find this I would have loved I, I pray this was filmed I really don't think it was I think we would have seen photos but I love this idea
1: so this was actually in the original script and I did write it in the our, our delete scenes episode but I, I, did, I don't know why I removed it because I didn't think it would be that interesting but it is actually a really interesting scene so adding on to what the kids get up to in the high school there's actually a part where um I think Danny and Allison go off together, and they gather loads of tennis balls, and then they have them at the top of the mm-hmm. stairs. And there's a scene in the novel where they actually push them down the stairs as the Sanderson sisters are approaching. Um, and I don't think there was much else elaborated on this scene, but I'm assuming it scares the Sanderson sisters away
0: yeah i think they describe it as hundreds of tennis balls so i don't know where they found these so quickly i don't know if they just ran to the gym or how that worked but danny just pushes them down and and i i would have loved to seen a scene where they're kind of like three Stooges and just kind of like running on the tennis balls falling over really unsteady i think that would have been super fun for the three of them to film and so now uh the witches have taken we speed up the witches have taken Danny, sarah singing over Salem and um Allison asks Max if he can drive and he kind of jokes like I'm from California kind of like no I can't and I don't know how Allison takes that but she then tosses him the keys and he's thinking to himself like oh man how how hard could this be <laughs> but the entire scene Max is just struggling to get the car started turning on the lights getting it in reverse and Allison kind of turns to him and she's like are you sure you can drive <laughs> And as we know in the film, he does, and he gets them there. But I think that's funny. I think it's kind of flirty where they're, again, just going back and forth and having that interaction between the two of them.
1: Yeah, I quite like this little scene. This, once again, it's another scene that kind of hope they had filmed as well. Because I was always curious as to someone who doesn't know how to drive. He knows how to drive a car very well in the film.
0: He does, yeah. He just hops straight in. He's only got his learner's permit, but... <laughs> he's fine everything's good <laughs> I also just want to point to the um, this was not in the full set of notes Will but um, the scene where Danny is cuddling with Banks as she's about to fall asleep um, Banks refers to his milk as moo juice and again I just don't see Thackeray Banks of the 1600s in the voice of our lovely Jason Marsden calling milk moo juice so now every time I see it in my head I'm going to be like oh no slurping (laughs) moo juice (laughs) and so in the deleted scenes episode will and i discussed how we don't love this next part will they again bring up how winifred's fingers electrify the vacuum and turn it into like a motorcycle version of a vacuum so that made the novel that made the og script but i'm really glad that was not on the film i just don't think it fits
1: yeah i'm glad that was removed as well i just think it's a bit too far-fetched i know the witches and they are magical and they could probably do anything they wanted but I just feel like the vacuum scene is it's just it doesn't fit it just seems a bit over the top
0: I agree I just don't feel like it's necessary um that's fine it it got cut it's fine (laughs) (laughs) so they have so now the Max and Allison are en route to the Sanderson sister house to save Danny and Danny kind of assaults the sisters here which we don't see in the film um it says um Inside the room, Mary tried to force Danny's mouth open, but Danny bit her. Sarah stepped up next, but Danny kicked her in the shin. And then um Winifred points her claw like fingers at her, and they just kind of go at it. And Winifred's hands were only inches from Danny right before Max comes in and splits them up. But she kind of goes at Mary and Sarah there, which I think that would have been fun for Thor to film.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. So we're going to jump straight to the end of the book because there's not actually that many more differences. But it's the scene where they're now on hallowed ground. Um, Winnie's on the ground and the sun's coming up. And Mary says, If I'm not mistaken, sister, that bright object over there. And then she says, Oh, well. Mary and Sarah turned to us and the rays, the rays of the sun hit them. In the film, we see Winifred uh, and she turns to stone, whereas in the book, she screams and raises her arms to cover her face. And as the sunlight hits her, um, her hands involuntarily collapse beside her and the growths from her back spread out like wings. Um, Max and the others stare in amazement as she becomes grey and faceless like the tombstones around her. And Danny says she turned into an angel, which Alice in response, an angel of stone.
0: And isn't that so interesting? Winifred has been to hell, Winifred has sucked the lives out of children, she knows the devil
1: personally, and
0: at her time where it's time for her to die, she turns into an angel? It just yeah, it doesn't flow for me. I find this me. really
1: odd. It's very... I don't know. I, I, the only thing I can assume is, you know how Lucifer is a fallen angel? Unless it's meant to be implied, kind of yes. similar. Um, but then again, I okay. just feel like that it's just a bit random that bit is.
0: It is. I kind of like that they threw. it. I do like the imagery of it, and I could. I would love to have seen how they like CGI that, especially in the early nineties. But
1: uh, I think it.
0: I think it played out right in the in the movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. I've, I don't think as, mm-hmm. it would have been good to see, but I am glad they didn't go with the whole angel route. I think it it creates more questions than it needs. Agreed
0: so at the end here as we discussed in the deleted scenes the novel is very similar to the original script here where thackeray binks the cat has passed uh thackeray comes out in the novel he says i will always be with you instead of i shall always be with you um so we know how i like my quote there i have it tattooed on the back of my neck for goodness sake like i shall always be with you is the quote don't screw with it thank you (laughs) i wonder who (laughs) changed that i wonder if that was jason just like it fixing with his, like, 1600s old-timey words. I don't know. I love it, though. But in... (laughs) in the novel so Thackeray is human he's back with Emily there is again just like the original script there's no mention of um, how why he had to wait for a virgin to light a candle it just kind of ends and um, Binks comes back again a cat appears and it is not Binks because he cannot talk but again the cat does not have to die so there is the cat and um, Danny says uh, I guess he still had one life left and you're like oh how sweet and then, well, what happens? My favourite. Come on, tell me what happens at the end.
1: <laughs> so, just in, just like at the script, um, Max and Alison kiss, mm-hmm. and then Alison says, did I make a believer out of you? And Max says, yeah, you did. Then they go in for a second mm-hmm. kiss, but Danny breaks it <gasps> up, and she says, excuse me, you two, can we go home now, please? And going <laughs> a little bit back on the, um, on from earlier in the novel, there is actually a scene when Max and Alison are in Max's house and it's when Danny's asleep and um, Alison at- actually has her head on Max's shoulder and she goes. they go to kiss but once again Danny breaks them up and I'm sure, if I remember right, in the novel there's a bit when they're um, in the sewers and they're about to climb out the manhole and Max falls back down and lands into Alison and they're basically kind of like holding each of that and they go to kiss and Danny breaks that up again. So throughout the book they actually <laughs> almost kiss three times in this novel and Danny breaks it up every single time and then when they finally do kiss at the end Danny breaks it up again. <laughs>
0: she lets them have the one that's all they need they're they're gross that's her older brother that's her new friend Allison cut it out so um, but then I love this so I do love how the movie just ends where Thackeray and Emily are walking away to the gates and they show Max Allison and Danny max kind of leans down puts his arms around danny and they just like smile off and danny's still got that tear in her eye but in the book um max lifts danny on his shoulders and danny says you shouldn't have saved my life as now i'm going to bug you forever and max says i know and then it ends with and he couldn't help but smile so another totally alternate ending that's super sweet i would have been fine with that um it's it's fun it's a fun one
1: yeah i really like that and it also kind of um, shows that from the start of the film he finds her really annoying but at the end of the film he's actually really grateful for the fact she's annoying and he just loves her because of who yes. she is and he's pleased she's just still alive. It's really sweet ending.
0: And I think that's such a good message. I think that's what Thackeray tried to pass along to Max throughout the movie. He's kind of like, yeah, I know your sister's annoying you right now, but imagine if she weren't here at all. And I think that ending in the novel kind of really sums it up. Like, yeah, I I know I saved your life and I know you're going to annoy me for the next 100 years, but you're worth it. And so I think that was just a beautiful message that Binks passed along to Max.
1: Yeah, I've, I think it's a little bit controversial, and I know you'll disagree, but I think I actually prefer that <gasps> ending in the novel to the ending we got, just because it adds a little bit more to what we see, so I think it's quite sweet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I wouldn't have been disappointed if that were the ending, um, I, would still, I would still vibe with it, so I'm about it, it's okay. We can have our differences, well, even though we basically are the same person, it's okay. That is true.
1: (laughs) And I mean, your scene does still kind of play out, they still have the very nice little ending, it just adds a bit more to it.
0: I've requested just the cat alive and the kiss, we get it, whatever after that. (laughs) I mean, if they would have broken out into like a dance and song, I might have been upset. (laughs) so that's the novel guys if you don't have a copy i'm sure there are some floating out there on ebay um they're awesome they're really cute and i did want to point out the price on the back of the novel when it was originally sold for two dollars and 95 cents three dollars and 95 cents in canada so a steal i i doubt anyone will be able to find it for that price now if you do grab it yeah
1: because it's quite expensive now it's not on ebay i know I think there's possibly yeah. a copy on there at the moment that's about ninety hundred dollars it's about seventy five pounds, oh. so oh if goodness. you do find a copy, yes. if it's just just grab it because it's only going to go up in price.
0: yeah, unfortunately, and I mean, especially with the sequel coming out and just it is old it came out in ninety three so for a book, mine's pretty taped up um and some of the pages are loose, but it, it's beautiful. love it so if you have the opportunity to grab it, I think will and I would both definitely recommend
1: it yeah, absolutely.
0: So moving on to some Hocus Pocus 2 news. Uh, today, we've talked about the cast. We've talked about all of the actors and who is back, who might not be back, who up for speculation, who knows. But um, today we're going to talk about the, ca- the crew and the people making the movie, the writers of the movie, all of that. So um, we have Jen D'Angelo, who wrote. The, the script for Hocus Pocus 2 so very excited there she's done amazing things and then uh directed by so I think we touched on this Adam Shankman was originally the slated director he had to step away for Disenchanted and um Anne Fletcher came back and replaced him and Adam is still involved in some capacity as a producer but my goodness what the two of them working together it's just it's going to be brilliant
1: yeah I honestly it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see the film from new eyes, because obviously it was like Kenny Ortega, David Kirshner, Mick Iris last time, so even though they're, apart from Kenny Ortega, they are still on board at some capacity, seeing the Sanders sisters through different eyes is going to be very interesting.
0: I agree, and Will, I just noticed this, so I'm just on the IMDB page for Hocus Pocus 2 going through the um, the confirmed crew here, but um, we know David Kirshner, the wonderful David Kirshner, who the concept of Hocus Pocus was his. He wrote the original script with Mick Garris. He was the original producer. I mean, it really is his brainchild. But um, in the original Hocus Pocus, like I'm looking at the novel right in front of me. It was produced by David Kirshner and Stephen Haft. And I'm looking right now at the IMDb page for HP2, and Stephen Haft is listed as a co-producer. So I didn't even realize that. Another OG coming back for us.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm on the IMDb page as well. and uh, Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's another tie into the original that we've just discovered
0: yes I I hope that they keep I think bringing back so many people having David and Stephen and um, as we'll talk about some more people who are back it's going to bring new life into it by bringing in Adam and Anne and Jen being the writer but having David and Stephen and a few others back I think it's really just going to keep that flow and keep it the same vibe
1: I think one person as well I'm very excited to be coming back is John Debney because his score for the original film 100 percent Is perfect, so I'm really excited just to see what he what he creates for this film. Because I think it was the last episode, wasn't it? We actually mentioned that we listen to the score more than probably watch the film throughout the year. So I'm kind of yeah. hoping maybe we'll have a yeah. second score that we can listen to all year as well.
0: I'm very excited just to see, to hear, like, when that movie opens, the new music, and you're just going to be like, oh, it's John. Just, he has such a vibe to his music. He's done a great, he's done, like, he also did the music for The Princess Diaries, and if you listen to The Princess Diaries close enough, you're like, you can just feel his vibe. He's just so talented. He's done a million things, but The Princess Diaries is just one of my other favorites by him, which is just incredible, so...
1: I think he also did the score, I could be wrong, I think it's The the Halloween Tree, it was a cartoon version, because I know they're bringing out a live action film, um, but there was another, yeah, The Halloween Tree, it was also released in 1993, and he did the score for that as well, whereas if you actually listen to the score, they're very Hocus Pocus sounding as well, so if, you, if you're like me and Ali you love Hocus Pocus, listen to that score as well.
0: <laughs> yes, check it out. Um, and for costuming, they brought in Salvatore Perez Jr. Um, I know some of you guys are a little upset The costumes are different. I think they're beautiful. Um, I kind of dig Sarah's spiderweb arms, and I know it's a little different. I don't know. Maybe they'll explain it in the movie. Maybe they won't. But I think he did a great job of honoring, I mean, if they were different colors or something, if one of her came out blue, I'd be like, all right, let's all settle down. But um, I think it'll be interesting to see their new costumes, to see how similar they are, how different. And part of me does wonder why didn't they just kind of pull it from the archives? I don't know if it was sizing. I don't know if it was wear, but it'll be interesting to see.
1: Yeah, it will be interesting to see their new costumes. I mean, personally, I actually don't mind if the costumes have changed. I'm just glad they're back. So, they could have turned Agreed. up in shorts and t-shirt, and I think I'd still be pleased. <laughs>
0: That'll be for Hocus Pocus 3 on the beach. That's That'll be that version. <laughs> um, and last but definitely not least, uh, Tony Gardner is back for, this time he is makeup effects department head. Um, he did all of Billy's makeup in the first film. I hope he does it for the second film. Um, and he's just, he's great with his special effects. He's incredible in everything. So again, bringing someone else back from the original just to keep that fluidity going and just everything rolling it's gonna be awesome
1: yeah i'm very excited and from what we've seen online of billy he looks as good as he did nearly 30 years ago so it looks like they're, they're still Agreed. doing a good job yes
0: Um, And so we have a question for all of you. We're going to take a question from a follower in a minute, but date speculation. We have our release date of September 30th for the film, but Will, when do you think we're going to get our full trailer? Not our teaser trailer. When are we going to get our full estimated two to three minute trailer for Hocus Pocus 2? We want everyone to guess along, but Will, what do you think?
1: The full trailer, I would probably say maybe August. uh, Yeah, maybe August time, just so it's closer to Hocus Pocus. Okay. possibly can be without it being too close maybe early august which would give them about eight weeks
0: yes so i i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be later i do think we'll get that teaser before like maybe the minute long version but um i would love as you just said summer i would love if they released it july 16th to honor the release date of the first movie in america i would love if they did it that way it's a saturday so i doubt that that's probably gonna fly but that would be an awesome way to honor it
1: oh yeah that would be a cool idea I didn't think of that actually but yeah it would be nice to see something
0: yeah I do think it's probably going to be late July early August or so um, for the full trailer um, I know that they were just doing some screenings and such so they're probably going to take some feedback finalize some things and we'll see where it goes from there but um, yeah, so we want to know what all of you think we'll make a post and guess the trailer date and you know maybe we'll send the winner the closest person a small prize We love we love prizes so maybe we'll do something oh, no, that's with that. A good
1: idea. <laughs> I do think the teaser trailer might be out in June. What what do you think for the teaser? I reckon it's going to be next month
0: i do think i mean we're filming this we're our filming schedule is a little off this week we're filming this on may 30th so i do not believe we'll get it in may unless you never know they could sneak up on us tomorrow and drop it Um, but i do think it'll be sometime in june for that quick teaser trailer that we have heard was shown at like the disney upfront event i don't know how finished it was i did hear it was kind of pieced together um but i think i think teaser in june full trailer late july early august to get us all hyped for that september date Um, and then so moving on to our general halloween news in episode two we told all of you guys the great news that spirit halloween is doing a movie they're producing a full-length movie as we discussed the cast christopher lloyd is in it which is just crazy to me and so um they just recently this was was this yesterday no this was a few this was this was 10 days ago, they released plot details from the movie. So there are no spoilers here. As always, we're just going to read you the plot description that was released. And Will hasn't heard this yet. So I'm going to read it to him. And I want to hear what he thinks. And obviously, we want to hear all, what all of you think. So in the movie called Spirit Halloween, Christopher Lloyd plays a wealthy land developer, Alec Windsor. Decades ago, one Halloween night, Windsor disappeared without a trace, and ever since, his cursed spirit is said to haunt the town each year on October 31st, for one hour only. Meanwhile, Rachel Light Cook plays Sue, who has recently remarried after her husband passed away. When a spirit Halloween store pops up in an abandoned strip mall, Sue's teenage son Jake and his friends decide to spend the night there for a dare. But they get more than they bargained for when the angry spirit possesses an animatronic character inside. I would just like to say before you jump in, Will, I predicted that too. It's T. I I am very proud of myself. Tune into episode two. That's what I, I say that. I say it out loud. So, and I swear I didn't know. I swear. But Will, I think it sounds awesome. I think it's going to be great. And they did release some photos too that we'll have to share. Christopher Lloyd looks terrifying. I'm in.
1: It looks. It lo- Well, it sounds really good because, like you said a minute ago, I haven't actually heard. The full description for it yet so it sounds really good it sounds a lot better than the early details that we have um, been that have been revealed i'm actually really excited for it and going back again with what i said in the episode i really hope it comes to the uk in some capacity because we don't have yes. spirit halloween here but hoping the film makes its way here whether it be amazon netflix or something like that i need yeah. to see this film
0: i don't think it's still announced how it's actually if it's going to be streaming or uh where it's going to be if it's going to be in theaters but i am excited to hear more about that um i also think it's really funny that he only comes back for one hour like the sanderson sisters at least have a night <laughs> yeah. christopher lloyd has one hour to go in and get his stuff done and get out like <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be an action-packed hour for him
1: <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs>
0: so as we like to end every episode we like to take a question from followers please send in some more guys we have some great ones left but we always love to see more so halloween print shop asked us other than bett midler's rendition of i put a spell on you what is your favorite halloween song i know that will and i talked we each have a few so we'll tell you a few and maybe you know what will we should make a playlist we should make a playlist and release it
1: we should yes. yeah black flame society playlist
0: yes we'll add some of our favorite halloween songs idea. so will tell me what your favorite a few halloween songs are other than obviously "Bets." i put a spell on you
1: um should we do three each
0: i'll do three and then i have a bonus to throw in
1: <laughs> oh okay do i know all the right. bonus <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I, I played it for you this?
0: when we were prepping oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so give me your three <laughs>
1: <laughs> so my favourite three songs uh, there's a song called Dead Man's Bones which is by Dead Man's Bones the um, the album's called Dead Man's Bones as well um, and the whole album is actually based off of, um, the Haunted Mansion Disney's Haunted Mansion's ride and the album which I was talking to this with Ali before we started listening is um, two guys and one of them is Ryan Gosling and he absolutely loves Disney's Haunted Mansion so the title track from that album is one of my songs the other two songs probably there's a song called Wrong Turn by Kim Petras, which I really like and she again released an entire Halloween album and then I think my third song would probably be Monster Mash just because it's a classic and every time I hear it I just I just love that song what about you i
0: agree monster mash did make my top three i feel like it was the kind of like the first halloween song as will and i were talking there aren't a lot of halloween songs out there they're more of like anything with hell or devil in the title make that spotify playlist that you're listening to so monster Mash it just (laughs) encompasses halloween in such a great way yeah so Monster Mash is definitely on my list um I I have so many the problem we're our playlist is gonna be great I love Dead Man's Party by Oingo Boingo it's just a fun party vibe I'm also a fan of Dracula's Wedding by Outcast but um if you've seen Hubie Halloween which is another great Halloween film family style with Adam Sandler in it they have a song called Happy Halloween by D-Bone and the Remains which is just so fun I listen to it in the car whenever I'm feeling sad it just it starts definitely tune in if you haven't heard it but so I know I said I was only going to do three in a bonus. That was another bonus. I have one more bonus for you. Miranda <laughs> over at Spooky Little Halloween. Love you, Miranda. She posted on her story a few, maybe a few months ago, about candy corn. Candy corn, very controversial topic within the Halloween community. We'll talk about that another time. But <laughs> there's a song by a man. <laughs> victor r vampire has an album a full album for you not just this one song i'm about to tell you about a full album so please go check it out Uh, i wonder if we can get him on the show will i wonder what he's up to these days um so victor r vampire has an album it's called victor r vampire and friends and um there's a song on there called oh he has multiple halloween albums three halloween albums oh my goodness i'm just pulling this up But the one I'm talking about is the 2007 release called Halloween Treats with Victor R. Vampire and Friends. And on that album, they have a song called Candy Corn. And if you trust me, if you've listened to, this is now the sixth episode, I want you to just trust me a little further. I want you to take my word here and I I want you to go listen to it right now. Mute us, put us on pause, come back in a minute. Here, I'll even pause for you. Go listen. Welcome back. What did you think? Oh my goodness. It is something. It is so fun. The first time I heard it, I was crying with laughter. I don't know if it was intended to be funny. I don't know what the goal was, but that song is Halloween to the max. And I would definitely recommend you listening. Will, I played a little bit for you before. He was dying too. It's so good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, i never heard of it before, so I must have missed from Miranda's post, but you started playing it for me, and I think after this I'm going to have to listen to the full thing.
0: Oh yeah, it's, yep, uh, definitely. It's
1: unique.
0: Too, <laughs> unique is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> uh, well, we will definitely have to, we'll put together this playlist for you guys with our favorites. We'd love to hear what your favorite Halloween songs are. Maybe there's some great ones that we missed out there, and obviously, as we said, there aren't a ton, but we always hope there will be more added, so definitely share your favorites with us.
1: Yeah, we could always add some to the playlist. And yes. also if you'd like to, for us to maybe talk about more little Halloween things, maybe things that were from our, because we're in different countries, we could discuss like Halloween in our my country, Ali's country and so on. Just let us know. We're mm. always up for any kind of halloween bits as well
0: yes as always guys send your suggestions our way we hope you've enjoyed this fun episode discussing the novel um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that as we said send in questions send in those uh estimates and speculations for the trailer date and we are excited to tune in with you guys again next week and i know i say it every time will but i love hanging out with you it was so fun chatting and thank you again for putting all this together you, i know that reading the novel is always fun for us both but thank you so much
1: Oh, you're so welcome. I love doing this. It's a highlight of my week lately. I know we didn't record last week, and we're recording today, but I miss recording with you, so yeah, you're very welcome. I love doing this. I know.
0: Maybe you'll get me twice this week. We'll see. But thank you guys for hanging out if you've made it this far. I know this episode's a bit long, but thank you for hanging out with us. Let us know your thoughts, and we will see you all next week. Bye, Will. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Black Flame Society. To never miss an episode, follow along on Instagram at the Black Flame Society podcast, like and subscribe on your favorite streaming service, and join our mailing list to be the first to know what's coming next. Thank you for being part of the society. Until next time. The Black Flame Society podcast is not affiliated with Disney or any other related conglomerates yet. Feel free to change that. Give us a call.